friends, welcome back to another episode of Let's Grab Coffee. I can't believe it's almost May. I can, but I can't. Time's going really fast and also really slow during this time of quarantine. But I hope that you are doing well and that you are growing closer to God during this time and that you're learning some new hobbies and most of all just staying well and healthy. Today's episode, I get to talk to my sister-in-law, Caitlin, and we chat about things like hospitality and how to serve others well. Um, she is a full-time missionary with her husband in Northern Virginia, and so we just had a really good conversation about what hospitality looks like and just had a great time catching up. Her husband also made this great theme music for me and for this podcast, so just had to give a huge shout out to the Fletchers. So all that to say, I hope that you can grab a cup of coffee or tea, whatever floats your boat, and enjoy this episode. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for being here tonight. But first, before we really get into our conversation, um, because this podcast is called Let's Grab Coffee, if we were at a coffee shop, what would you be drinking? Thank you so much for inviting me to this. I'm really excited to just hang out with you, but also to, to talk. <laughs> um, I'm actually drinking coffee. Well, I have it in my hand. Um, and it is just a Dunkin' <laughs> a Dunkin' blend. It's decaf because I have a, a child who is uh, still nursing, so sad day. But <laughs> um, like if I was in Florida, I'd probably be drinking an iced caramel macchiato. Ooh. If we were up here because it's kind of chilly, I'd probably be drinking a hot caramel macchiato. <laughs> Good choices. What about you? Um, so I'd be drinking... I'm super into French press coffee right now. Um, mm. My brother Brad is, sorry Brad, he's kind of like a coffee aficionado. I won't say snob, but it's like borderline I was about snob. to say. <laughs> um, so I bought these really, um, I bought beans from a local coffee shop around here. And I was like, I don't want to just put them in a drip coffee maker because they say you're not supposed to do that. And so Brad had to teach me over Skype how to do <laughs> French press and, like, grind the beans. So that's what I've been drinking. So I think I would go to a coffee shop and get that because it's always way better when a barista makes it. So, nice. yes. <laughs> it's the perfect time to learn how to do that. It really is. To make, is. To make your really own is. snobbish coffee. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Caitlin, you mentioned um, that you're still nursing, but um, can you tell me a little bit about you, your kids? who you're married to, who you are, all that fun stuff. So let's see, where to start? I have, um, I'm married to Joe, who is your brother-in-law. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been married for seven years now and they've been, they've had their ups and downs, but it's, it's been mostly up. So that's great. <laughs> um, I have a daughter who is three years old and her name's Olivia. Um, and she is, um, wild and crazy but i love her to death uh and franklin my seven month old is proving to be just as wild and crazy these days <laughs> um but i yeah i mean it's hard to tell if they're both just going stir crazy or if they're actually like they, they do have that much energy you know <laughs> right right how their actual their actual personality shining through or if it's these circumstances <laughs> right <laughs> That yeah, so, so that's a, that's us on a regular day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
can you tell me a little bit about, so yes, we are sister-in-laws, and I know that you and Joe have this awesome ministry that I know that Andrew and I know a little bit about, but I would love to hear more about it from you and what your guys' current role with the ministry and what you're, what you're doing these days. So Joe and I are um, Hospitality House uh, directors for Cadence International, which is an organization that serves the military and um, seeks to spread the gospel to and through the military. Um, like what that looks like on a practical week is we run Bible studies, we partner with the chapel um, to uh, meet needs of those in the community and to... Um, uh, assist and volunteer in the worship services that happen um, and, you know, make God's name great in our community. Um, so, yeah, that, that's basically what we do. <laughs> we, we have our hospitality house called The Anchor at NAS Oceana in uh, Virginia Beach. And uh, we just started, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of living in the house, um, though we actually uh, opened our house for ministry in October. Wow, I can't believe it's been, like, time is flying. That's that's so fun. So how did you guys kind of get started with this? How did you guys hear about this ministry? Can you kind of walk me through, like, what God was doing in your heart to pursue this and how you guys got started? Yeah, um, Joe and I have both have ties to the military. I grew up a Navy brat, which, you know, brat's a term for a military kid. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, my, all I knew growing up was the Navy. My dad, um, he was enlisted turned officer, and uh, we, I moved, like, 17 times by the time I was 17. Uh, we lived in Middle East and Asia and eventually back stateside where I met Joe. And uh, Cadence was a part of my life throughout uh, middle school and high school. They uh, ran the youth groups in um, at the bases where we were at in Japan. And uh, they also ran the hospitality house at one of the places that we were at. And uh, they just impacted me, then had a chance to impact my family and our they came alongside us to help us grow in our faith. And I have a hard time imagining like what life would look like if Cadence wasn't there for those, you know, growth years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Joe, he became a Christian um, as an adult and joined the Navy shortly afterwards. Um, we got married uh, about six months after or a year after he joined the Navy almost a year <laughs> and uh we went to guam and he that was his one and done tour in the navy but uh we were heavily involved with the chapel i had a contract at the chapel to help run its programs and um and we were part of a hospitality house that was off base we helped plan a church after his time in the navy was up there and uh god was you know just tugging on his heart that this is what he's supposed to do is is ministry um, and so he got out of the Navy and, uh, we looked at military ministries to join and I was like, can we join Cadence? Can we look at it? <laughs> Cause that's near and dear to my heart. Um, so the, eventually that was a yes, but it was a rigorous, um, interview process. We had interview after interview before we actually got to the interview. <laughs> 
Um, we flew to Colorado and had like a week of more intense interviews and training and it was exhausting, but so worth it. And, uh, it was, even though it was exhausting, it was so encouraging to know that they want to know that we love Jesus. Mm -hmm. They want to know that, you know, we're, we're for this mission. We're for Jesus mostly. Mm -hmm. And, um, that we're on the same page and the same team as the other people in the organization. And that, that was, it was like a gem that we found. That, I just, I just love that. I, I'll be really honest with you. I am so far removed from any sort of military background. I grew up in Dayton, which is very near to the Air Force base there. It's a very, very large Air Force base, but I, yeah. I had friends whose families were in the military, but I, you know, I didn't really have any, you know, familial ties with the military it's so interesting to me that I just never thought there'd be a need for a ministry there'll be a need for a hospitality house to kind of have a home for these people in the military like it just never really crossed my mind so I just I just love your guys' ministry I think it's it's fantastic <laughs> thanks uh, yeah the, there's a need both overseas and stateside and the need okay. overseas they're a little different um, overseas is often like they're missing America and, um, it's a little bit of a culture shock. So what we can do overseas is, is really be that home away from home and, uh, bring the gospel through that stateside. Um, it's a little different because it, it's like a reverse culture shock. Like, okay. Like, those around the military don't know what to do with those who are in the military. Like, you'll go to churches who really want to f meet that need, but they there's a, a – um, it's like a language barrier almost. Like, they mm -hmm. don't know how to meet those needs practically. Um, like, for, for example, um, there was a um, organization that was in contact with us. They wanted to give thumb drives – with the Bible on them to military members. Well, you can't do that because they, the military doesn't use thumb drives in case of um, malware on them. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Right. But you wouldn't know that unless you were right. around the military. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, we, we love to help people with that learning curve, but it, there's definitely a learning curve. What are some things practically that you've learned during this time in cadence? How can we, as people not in the military, who are just practicing, you know, gospel hospitality to our neighbors, or let's say, you know, my friends in Dayton, Ohio are listening and they have lots of military friends, like, how can we practically, what are some things that you've learned about hospitality that you didn't know before cadence? Oh, that I didn't know before cadence. And I did uh, not prep you for this question, no. so <laughs> <That's> <laughs> take -okay. as much time as you want. <laughs> I don't know. Like I've been around it for a long time. <laughs> well, what are some? Yeah. Well, what are some things that God has taught you even throughout? You know, your time with Cadence, growing up, or even just being in the military. Like, what are some things that others did for you and your family? So I can speak from experience from when things weren't done. Okay. And it was, it was super heavy. So, um, there was a place that we had lived where, um, there was no real military community around us. Like, um, we were at, uh, it was kind of in the thick of civilian world. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and 
the civilians didn't really know how to receive us as military. They knew that we were only going to be there for a year, and so we weren't the investment to the to them. Like the the time put into our relationship that we were hoping to build wasn't going to be worth it. And like we knew that that was the mindset, and that it made it super hard because eventually they softened to it. But by the time they softened to it, there's only you know a month left. Sure. Um. So I think the biggest thing that a civilian can do for for um, military ministry is to jump right in like don't be afraid to carpe diem because <laughs> military people they can make friendships so quick and they can they can build it out of nothing <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it's kind of a survival mechanism that they have built in to themselves but um like don't be afraid to invest and sharpen their iron as because they can sharpen yours too mm-hmm. yeah yeah this is not the same as military, but um, I just remember, like, from this perspective of living in Orlando, when I first moved here um, to do a college program, there is a big ministry here for people that come down just to do the college program at Disney World, and they're mm. only here for five, six months, maybe a year at the most, and so I felt it's going to be really hard to get and involved because who's going to want to invest in this girl that's going to be leaving you know but Mm -hmm. there's ministry here just for that and so I was really encouraged by my small group even though they were only I was only there for four months like they really invested in me and it didn't feel transactional you know it's like well you're not worth it yeah no they they like I grew so much in my faith just in that time so that is super true and encouraging and so yeah, just invest invest in people no matter how long they're going to be around for. It's a good word. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can you talk to me a little bit about, like, I would love to hear more about your childhood, different places that you've lived. Can you kind of walk us through that story a little bit? It doesn't have to be super long, but maybe just abbreviated. The story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my parents had met at um, Baylor University in Texas, and um, they they wouldn't mind me sharing this because this is like part of their testimony, and <laughs> they shared this all the time. But um, they got pregnant out of wedlock and um, got married like two weeks later, as soon as they found out. And uh, basically, they were in a spot like, okay, what are we gonna do for money? Like, how mm-hmm. are we gonna? build our family and so my dad's like okay I'll join the navy <laughs> um so from that point like we started moving all over the place um we moved several times stateside um the last stateside move I remember is Oklahoma and I was like mm, five at that point five years old wow. and um from there we moved to Bahrain lived there for four years um, then moved to Japan into an Air Force base, lived there for two years, um, two and a half-ish. Then moved to a Navy base that was three hours away, also in Japan, um, two and a half-ish years there too. Um, moved back stateside to California, um, and then over to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, which is where I met Joe. Um, then on, after we got married... Um, Moved to Guam, moved back to Texas, and now we're back in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Do you have a favorite place that you live? Oh, that, that's a hard question because, like, I loved them at the time. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, at the time that we were living there, Bahrain was my favorite place. And, but I know it's so different now and I have no idea, like, if I would even still love it being there. Like, I know I would love the nostalgia of it, but it's changed so much. Like, um, the culture there isn't even the same as it was when we were there. Um, there's, like monuments that have been torn down due to um civil unrest and just just crazy things that have happened that I wasn't part of for there so I'm not really attached to it anymore okay okay um and then but if I like the place when people ask me where I'm from I'd be like well <laughs> you know the, the standard military answer do you want to know where I was born do you want right. to know where my favorite place was uh, you know generally just comes down to okay I'm from earth and let's move on <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, like the place, what what we, what I like to ask people who come into our hospitality house because they have the same problem, mm-hmm. um, is what is the place that your heart yearns for? And the place that my heart yearns for is Japan. Like okay. I loved living in Tokyo. Um, I would love to do that again if I have the opportunity, but you know, I'll, I'll go where God leads my feet. Totally, totally. <laughs> I love that where your heart yearns. That's such a great question. Thanks. <laughs> I, like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. So um, being a part of ministry, um, what are some things that you practically do? Like that is a, you're, you're a mom 24-7, you're a wife 24-7, and being a ministry is also very much a 24-7 job. So how do you kind of recharge? What are some rhythms and routines that you have in your life to make sure that you are, get, are building your relationship with God so you can pour out to others? You know, that's a very, it's like a two-part question <laughs> because uh, before social distancing, it looked different. And sure. <laughs> now, now that we're social distancing, the rhythm is all thrown off. But mm-hmm. I let, let me speak from before social distancing first. <laughs> um, before social distancing, like we would make sure we had our Sabbath. Um, usually we do Monday um, because like life gets busier as the week goes on leading up to Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to have that just kind of drop off and Mm -hmm. like, okay, look forward to the Monday and, you know, go as hard as you can through Sunday. Um, And our Sabbath usually looks like, because we're out of the house all the time throughout the week, like it it usually just looks like us staying home and um, reading a Bible together, praying together, playing with our kids, probably watching at least one movie on the couch. Um, uh, cooking some special meals, just like making it a fun day to look forward to. Um, yeah, but now, like, we're at home all the time. Right. <laughs> so it, it's hard to take a break away from being at home while you're at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're we're still working on that. Yeah. So are we. We, um, we realized... A- probably about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago before all social distancing was going on, um, that we need to take a Sabbath. That is something that I have never been good at doing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person where my mind is constantly racing of my to-do list. And it's getting to the point where Andrew was like, we need to stop because even when you're having time off, you're not actually having time off. And yeah. so um, he has been really 
great about encouraging and leading us to do that because I am very resistant to it. Um, just because even when we have started to try to do it, I'm still making a list of everything I need to do. So that is something that we are, I'm still working on. Um, so we started taking Sabbath on Sunday. And so that's been very interesting, even during social distancing as well. Like, okay, we're at home, but like, how do we not focus on work and focus on being in the Lord together? And it's definitely like a practice and a rhythm that it's a discipline. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just never thought it would be a discipline. It's like, how easy must it be, like, not to work? But for me, it was, like, it's so hard. So that's oh, for real. <laughs> so that's encouraging to hear that you guys are, you know, doing that, too. And that's a good rhythm for you guys. Well, and I think, like, I have the same, or had, I have had <laughs> the same problem. Um, like, early on in our marriage, I, I had this contract where um, I had, I, it was it was like I had to I was still paid by the hour even though it was a lump sum contract if that mm -hmm. makes sense mm -hmm. um and so sometimes I would take those hours at home and I would be doing work on my computer while Joe and I were supposed to be like even eating dinner like I would always have something I was working on on my computer and I was going through school at the time too and just like I was on it so much and even when I was taking a break like, to watch a movie or whatever. Like, I would even take my my work to Bible study sometimes. Like, it was a little much. And, like, probably I needed to learn, you know, those rhythms back then. It would have saved so much, like, anxiety and yeah. um, just being worn out wouldn't have happened so often. Right. Um, and I think, like, right now I heard somebody call – social distancing the other day the great pause and I think like like we were just talking about before we started recording like what our plans were going to be for the summer that are all out the window now and like uh our plans like we're going to be back to back to back but we we're trying to cram so much into June and July like we were supposed to go to um a a work retreat we were supposed to go camping with y'all we were supposed to um welcome my family back stateside like all these things we were only going to have like one day in between each event and now it's just a pause yeah. and it's, it's like, okay, God, you obviously wanted us to rest. Yeah. <laughs> like we would have loved to do those things, but I can see that this is what not just we need, but everybody needs. Cause you, you were, you guys were describing the same situation with your summer. You guys were going to be back to back as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like we all need these rhythms of rest. Like God created the seventh day for rest that we're not we haven't been taking up to this point right I mean even as a as a collective I mean society especially here in the states but I mean as a collective world like we just haven't like just the amount of you hear just mental health wise like I'm not an expert in this at all but like just the amount of anxiety and pressure there is just in this world today like it's a gift in a way it's it's hard it's there's a lot of grief that goes with that as well, but there is something to learn here. And I think we're all kind of learning what our new rhythm will need to be. What, like whenever we come out of this, it's, it's definitely um, a growing process for me for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> well, and additionally, like our, our age group is it ha they often have multiple jobs. Like there's, 
at least one side hustle going on. And now it's like, okay, you can't even have a hustle, let alone a side hustle. Right. (laughs) Yes. So it's reframing our priorities from the ground up and it's nuts, but awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and um, something that I noticed very quickly was things that I, and I think I've mentioned this before, but like things I was placing my identity in was all very much taken away at once. So it's like Mm. my church, my life group, my, um, my three jobs, you know, (laughs) like those all kind of stopped or slowed down very significantly. And I realized, okay, Lord, I have been placing these things above you. They're all inherently good things, but I was finding a lot of joy in those things rather than Mm. finding joy in you. Um, I was enjoying the gift more than the giver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it, it was very interesting how that all kind of happened at one time and God was just like, okay, like I'm all you have right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's, that's been a blessing and hard at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It, it's refinement. <laughs> like Definitely. it's not fun, but it, it will be better on the end, on the tail end for it. Definitely. Definitely. Is there anything else that you've learned during COVID-19 so far? Oh, that I'm not as patient as I thought I was. Mm, same. <laughs> Which, <laughs> like, I, I am pretty patient, like, mostly with other people. <laughs> not so much with my own family. Um, but I, I've noticed, like, how important breaks really are to me. Like, even our regular rhythm that you had asked me about earlier, um, when we're not going through COVID social distancing. Like my kids go with me everywhere. Like uh, I'll be either attending or teaching a Bible study um, on Thursdays. And um, I get a small break from my children, even though like it's an active break, it's still a break. Like uh, I get small breaks from my children while I am actively doing things. But now I am neither actively doing things nor getting a break from my children. And it's, I can tell that my emotions are, are running high. And it's not even a consistent high. It's like a pause and then a spike. Okay, and yeah. my poor kids, <laughs> uh, they are, they, they bear the brunt of it a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm working on it. I think it, we, I mean, it definitely all are. I mean, just talking to other moms, I pray for you guys all the time because I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't. Um, but maybe that will be us soon. Who knows? But um, is, I was wondering, is, is Livy kind of aware of what's happening? How have you kind of framed that with her? Is she just kind of, you know, same old, like, routine or? She knows something is up. Like, so okay. when we started social distancing, um, I was like, I need to get out of the house. And so we live right next to a um, a city park, um, Mount Trashmore, and we can walk around that. It's like a two <laughs> – I know it's a funny name, but that is the name of it. <laughs> it's like a, a two-and-a-half-mile um, walk from our house and back, I think. But I would take them every day as long as the weather was good. And there's playgrounds on the walk. And she would ask me, like, Mom, can we go to the playground? I was like, no, sweetie, that because of coronavirus, we can't go. And eventually, um, they started putting barricades on the playground so that you can't go. But um, she would still ask. And 
eventually she was like oh mom we can't go to the playground because of coronavirus and uh eventually she also stopped asking like if we could go over to friends houses because of coronavirus like she knows Mm -hmm. why although i don't think she really gets the gravity of it but what what can you expect a three-year-old to grasp (laughs) sure absolutely um i was talking to some friends that also have three-year-olds and yeah they were saying it's like can't go over there because of the germs or the sickness or the coronavirus so the kids they they know what's up it's like i'm glad that they don't know the extent of it all yeah (laughs) um but yeah it's interesting to hear kind of you know their perspective on it too so so um because we are doing social distancing um we're probably on netflix and disney plus and hulu a lot but is there anything that you and joe are loving to watch right now Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, we always go back to the office. So we just started the office again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We, we actually uh, tried to do a an online office trivia night last night. It, okay. It was not what was promised, but we weren't really expecting it to be either. Uh-huh. Um, but after that, we're like, oh, man, we need, really need to brush up on our office. We, we're not as, as savvy at the office as we think we are. So <laughs> we started it over again this morning. <laughs> nice. We um, went to an office trivia night over New Year's when we were in Ohio for the holidays. And, yeah, I thought I knew the office, but, like, we did terribly. We were, like, I think the second to last team. It was terrible. But the, <laughs> the office is always so good. Um, we should totally do a virtual trivia night, like, with the family. Um, we did it with our ministry here at our apartment community, and I think we could get it set up. So, we nice. should definitely do that with all the siblings. Yeah, I was so. planning on having us, like, I was going to be a trivia master for our camping in July, like, for <laughs> the office. But, you know, that's out the window now. Yeah, we can do it virtually. It'll be, it'll still be fun. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast, some people probably know this because they know, uh, you know, they know me, but we have lots of brothers and sister-in-laws. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's nine total siblings. I don't even know how many of their in-laws, though, Caitlin. I'm, uh, that, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, uh... There's, there's four, five, five, wait, including me, <laughs> wait, <laughs> there's five lady outlaws. Yeah, that sounds right. And, and then there's two, two manly outlaws. Manly outlaws. <laughs> so yeah, so there's like. Plus seven. <laughs> We're Whatever a big, that is. big sibling group. Yes. And I think we were, we were, Andrew and I were counting the nieces and nephews, so on just his side, not including my niece and nephew, there's 20. So now- Oh, Franklin's number 21. He's 21? Who did we miss then? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. (laughs) So, I don't know. So, collectively, Andrew and I have 23 nieces and nephews, so- Nice. That is super fun. We're gonna, we talked about making, like, a gallery wall of, like, or, like, a quilt or something of, like, all the nieces and nephews, like, photos. Yeah, I really want to make one of those birthday token uh, plaques. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just because it, it would be so full. <laughs> it would be. It would be so funny. It would be awesome. That is awesome. 
All right, Caitlin. Well, thank you so much for being with me here virtually. And I hope that in the near future, we can go to a real coffee shop soon yes. and meet in person. And hopefully we can camp and have um, office trivia person again for, not again, but in the future <laughs> soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that you were encouraged by this conversation like I was. I know that it's a challenge right now to find different ways to creatively love your neighbor while being socially distant, um, but I know that there are so many opportunities there where uh, we can really love our neighbors well during this time. Um, I know that I was really encouraged by that conversation, and I hope that you are too, and I hope that God is really um, helping you find new relationships to kind of foster and check in on people during this crazy COVID time. Um, yeah, I, I really liked um, our conversation, so I really hope by the next time um, we release a podcast that social distancing will be over, but in reality, it probably won't be, uh, but just know that you are loved and that Jesus is near and that he loves you and I hope that you are encouraged by that today so I hope that you can grab a cup of coffee and just enjoy the stillness that this time is bringing I know that I have been drinking copious amounts of coffee and just um, trying to be patient in this season of forced rest um, that's all I have for today guys I will see you next time